0: Yeah, Alan. Aren't you glad for those red letters? They weren't cheap. February 15th, 1996, I was sitting in my dorm room at North Greenville University, uh, North Greenville College at the time. And um, when I get a phone call from my brother, that my grandfather, my dad's dad, had passed away all of a sudden. And going from, from Tigerville up to Landrum, where they lived, you, you thought, as many of you have when you've lost loved ones, about those memories and those good times but also how hard it is. And I remember getting up to my grandparents' house that day. My, my grandfather, he had had a cold uh, recently, but uh, had not been really sick. And um, so uh, it came as a shock to me. And I remember standing up there on the hill, looking at it where my grandfather always planted his big garden uh, with Hogback Mountain uh, just over the trees. And I remember hearing my brother say, I wish I could have told him I loved him one more time. You see, I had just seen my grandparents uh, just about a week and a half ago because They lived in Landrum, I was in Tigerville, I was a college student. Um, Number one, I needed some food, and some good food. And number two, um, they had a washer and dryer that didn't cost any money, and I had some dirty clothes. And so I went up there uh, to do that, but also to spend time with my grandparents. And and I remember those times, and I remember telling my grandfather, uh, my grandmother, how much i loved them and how thankful i was for them and the fact that uh they they lived uh, closer than my parents so uh it was an opportunity to get to spend time with them a little bit more while i was up at north greenville Uh, but my brother didn't have that opportunity uh as close as i did as far as uh telling my grandparents how thankful he was for them one last time and he felt like um he felt hurt. He felt down. He was going through a hard time emotionally trying to grasp the fact that our grandfather, and this was our first grandparent that had passed away, the first one that was so you know that we were close to um, in our family that had passed away. So it was a new feeling. It was a hard time. And we know that in life, we are either doing one of three things. We are either Coming out of a hard time, we are in a hard and difficult time, or we've just come out of one. Or we're getting ready to go back into a difficult time. We all face hard times, right? We just started a series uh, this past Wednesday with our students in the book of First Peter uh, called Hard Times. And we're going through uh, things, and we talked this past Wednesday about how, as believers in Christ, hard times are going to come. Just in life, but also as believers in Christ, there are hard times that are going to come. The difference for the believer is this. The two things. Number one, we talked about how we're never alone as a follower of Christ. But number two, that God uses hard times in our life to build about character and to strengthen and build our faith for future usage. So I ask yourself today. Can you think back to the heart to a hard time that you faced, and how God used it to strengthen your faith? I'll never forget I can't remember the year, but I'll never forget the phone call that I got, and I remember when Tyler uh, was rushed to the hospital and, and he got his diagnosis with diabetes. Uh, and I remember that time, and, and just you know how you guys. Uh, Fought through that, that uh, those initial days, and uh, but look at what God did and how you know we, you guys tackled that diabetes with Tyler, um, and how many times we I remember the diabetes walks and uh, I remember uh, that our youth got to participate in with him and we raised money for that and uh, and how God just continued to use. Tyler's diabetes as a way to have conversation to meet and minister to people in ways that he wouldn't. He used that to open the door for gospel conversations. So what about you? What's your story? Today in, in first in 2 Kings chapter 4, we're gonna look at a widow who was facing hard times. And so if you'll turn in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to be in verses, the first seven verses here. <coughs> Verse 1. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his servants. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a little oil. Elisha said, go around and ask your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and afterward shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and he said to her, go and sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. You see, the widow had a situation that she was in and she didn't have a whole lot left. She didn't have what she thought was enough. Enough. There's four things that we see in this passage, and the first one is this, and we can all at some point recognize this. Number one, that life is not always easy. Even as a believer in Christ, uh, there's this this false thought um, from those who... Are not believers that, well, when you become a Christian, um, and even in new, in new Christians, well, when I become a Christian, when I place my faith in Jesus Christ, my life is going to be changed. And it is, but also the thought that my life is going to be great, it's going to be so easy. And sometimes people will actually um, say that. Man, this greatest decision, you know, it's going to be so much easier than this. The only thing is, is that life still goes on as a believer in Christ. It's just the fact, as we talked about Wednesday night, uh, the difference is that as, as a believer in Jesus Christ, we have a living hope that is found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that living hope is what helps us through these tough times. Life is not always easy. This widow found herself in a difficult position. Her husband has died. The man of her dreams, her soulmate, the provider for her family and for their family is gone. And it's just her and her two sons. And you think, man, that's, that's tough. And all that is really tough. But things were going to get worse because her husband owed a debt. And so by law, uh, the debtor could take her sons and, from her and use them as servants to pay off the debt. So not only was um, she going to... Uh, had she lost her her husband, but she was about to lose her sons, and she was beside herself. The, ver- the, the scripture says in verse one that the wife of a man in the company of prophets cried out to elisha you don 't cry out to somebody if things are just okay. You know we cry out when things are really, really bad, right? And when we are in desperate situations that 's when we start to cry out, we start to plead. And all with God, we start to plead with others and all that we need help. She doesn't know what she's going to do. She doesn't know how she's going to survive because unlike today, women were not allowed to work to provide for themselves in these times. So she was thinking, you can understand why she was beside herself and all. She just lost her husband. She's fearing that she's getting ready to lose her sons. So She's going to be all alone. She's about to lose her whole family. And we're thinking, man, oh, that's terrible. Now, Job could say, I, I know how you feel. I can empathize with you. But she wonders, who is going to provide for me and my needs? Who, and all, how am I going to get by? How am I going to survive without my husband and without my boys? Her whole life was crumbling right before her eyes. You been there? You felt that way before? Things, hard times, difficult situations come, and you just don't know how in the world you're going to survive. You don't know how you're going to get through this difficult time. So she goes and she cries out to Elisha. Life is not always easy. Life is hard and honestly, sometimes life stinks. But praise the Lord that Jesus Christ is our living hope. The second thing that we see in the passage in verses 2 and 3 is this, that God puts people in our lives to help us in our times of need. God puts people in our lives to help us in the time of need. In verse 1, we see the widow crying out to Elisha for help. In verses 2 and 3, it shows Elisha's compassion for the widow. And he tells her, and he asks her, what can I do for you? And he tells her, and she tells him, well, this is what I have. And he gives her a plan of action. I remember growing up, there were times, you know, when... um, we needed things, um, or our neighbors needed things. And, um, you know, growing up in a small town in the metropolis of Roebuck, South Carolina, which I've spent this weekend um, back there with my mom, um, helping take care of her. And so it—but uh, uh, thank the Lord for good neighbors. I know, uh, man, if you've got good neighbors, you, you know how good you have it. Uh, you know, where we live at in Malden, man, we've, we've got— two great neighbors on each side and uh, man it's, it's such an awesome uh, feeling to know that uh, when you're gone uh, even if it's vacation or where I, when I'm going on a trip and Lacey and the girls are still there uh, that, uh, that I have neighbors that I can trust and, I, and that, that are there and they're watching over um, my family when I'm gone and that if something were to happen uh, that they would be right there thank the Lord for good neighbors you got good neighbors like that Man, it helps out to have good neighbors. I don't, I don't, I'll i never forget when I first moved into my, my first apartment over at Balden uh, off Butler Road. Uh, I had a one-bedroom apartment there um, that is now the Arbors, uh, clo- uh, almost uh, across from Dino's. Um, and um, I decided to try to make shaking baked chicken and i was making some uh some mashed potatoes because that's a good vegetable you know and um and some other stuff well um i thought i had everything there and then when i started to uh, get all my stuff together it's like okay instructions say you need butter i didn't have any butter i didn't have no margarine i didn't have anything but you know what i did have i had good neighbors in the apartment complex No, Joe and Lisa Estes, uh, and I knew that they had butter. So I called them up and I said, I said, I'm trying to fix this dish and I at all but i need some butter and i need uh so and i don't have any butter is there any way that that i can come by and get some they're like yeah and, uh, i think lisa said hey i'll just send tyler so here comes tyler in the scooter he's he's coming by you know down in the, in the apartment complex and he comes up to the door he's like here here's your butter and all mom said you need this and uh so it's good you know good neighbors in times of need um But God puts people in our lives to help us in our times of need. Not only did Elisha, does God use Elisha to help the widow and her sons, but he also uses her neighbors in his plan of action to help meet her needs. You say, well, how how do you do that? Well, they had empty vessels that they used to have oil in them that they weren't using. And so Elisha says, go to your neighbors. That's the beauty of community. Isn't it? When, when, when your neighbors and your community, your people in your community are looking out for each other. And they had empty vessels. Elisha knew this. The lady knew this. And listen to this. He says, don't ask for just a few. Sometimes I think that in our times of need, we ask for... Not as much as we actually need because we're afraid that we're asking for too much. But sometimes we don't ask for enough. We ask God to bless us, but we don't ask Him for a big blessing. We don't ask Him to provide for our needs. Because we don't want to seem too needy. Who has God used in your life to help you during those hard times of life? I want you to think back. In your life, we've all had hard times. I know I've I've talked with with several of you in here, and I've heard stories of growing up and when uh, when you got when you used to have to go out and um, you lived off the land and uh, you lived off of the vegetables and the things that you grew in your garden. And I remember hearing stories of how when. When somebody's crops didn't come in as well as the others and, uh, the neighbor come over and they, and they'd share what they had. And then, uh, then their neighbors would share with them what, what they had. So let me ask you again, who has God used in your life to help you during hard times, during those difficult times? When we were in middle school, our parents, a lot, most of you know this, our parents separated and, um, Back in, back then in uh, the late '80s, that was not a common thing as it was uh, today. And so uh, we just went on. And um, I remember coming home that day, and our mom telling us that um, that we were going to be staying at my grandparents. And I'm thinking, what in the world? What in the world's going on? And um, why are we staying at grandparents? And so um, she didn't tell us all the details, but what I knew is my dad was staying at our house. We were staying at our grandparents' house, uh, and that wasn't normal. Now today, we live in a society that, uh, that, is, that is very normal. And I'll never forget the people that God put in my lives. You see, because when we were... Young, about age five, mom put us into sports, uh, and we played football and basketball and baseball. Year, I mean, seemed like you know all the time. It was either one one of the three. Um, between that and church, that was our life. Uh, that's what we knew. That and wrestling on TV, um, or wrestling, right, Miss Vicki? And. You know, every once in a while we get a treat. We get to go see Rastlin over here in Greenville uh, from Roebuck. And we thought it was the biggest thing to go to the big brown box. Um, But but God used coaches in my life. He used teachers in my life to help me through those tough times. Those tough years of uh, early on of understanding that... um, that everything was going to be okay. That yeah, life life wasn't perfect. Things happened because see, then I grew up in a church. I wasn't a believer at the time. I didn't realize that uh, that we lived in a fallen world, and that we, you know, that uh, that divorce is, is part of that, and that. Um, but uh, he used coaches in my life to uh, be that father figure. Uh, who uh, helped me teach me so many uh, important lessons. He used Sunday school teachers, uh, Miss Vicki Oxley, uh, just a uh, sweet lady, uh, to teach me. um, And uh, he used a youth pastor who didn't give up on me even when I'd given up on him uh, to get me through hard times in my life. So I want you to remember and think about those people in your life That have helped you through the hard times. And then I want to ask you this Who have you helped meet their needs when they've gone through hard times or been in difficult situations? The third thing we see in the passage in verses four through six is that God takes the little that we have and He makes much out of it. The widow told Elisha, All I have is just a little bit of oil. Her words exactly were, your servant has nothing there at all except a little bit of oil. And after going to her, to her neighbors to ask for empty jars, she came home. She shut the door just as Elijah told her after her and her sons came in. And she started, she got that jar with, that, with a little bit of oil. And she started to pour into those other empty jars. And she filled that first jar And then she filled another jar and then another and then another and then another. And I can imagine the widow and her sons had to be in awe of what they were experiencing and all this miracle that was happening right before their eyes and all because all she had was a little bit of oil in a jar. And now all of a sudden she's starting to have a lot of jars with a lot of oil to fill them. They had to be in awe of what they were seeing happen before their eyes. Probably the same sense of awe that the disciples had in John chapter 6 when um, Jesus was teaching and the multitudes got hungry and there was no food except for this little boy. And he had, he had the five loaves and the two fish. And as Jesus prayed and he, he, he put the food in the baskets and they started to feed the 5,000 plus people. And then after they had fed the 5,000 plus people, there was still food left over in those baskets. I can imagine it was kind of the same situation. And as she finishes filling one of the jars with oil, she turns to her son and she says, bring another, another jar for me to fill. But her son tells her this, there's no more left. All the jars are, are full, Mom. We don't have any more to fill. And at that moment, the Bible says that the oil stopped pouring. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. They just watched a miracle happen right before their eyes. Think about that time in your life when you've seen God take the little that you have and make much out of it. I can't help but think about the the story of the widow's mite, and as she goes, and all she's got is two coins, but Jesus said this and all that that woman gave more than those that gave much, because God took her little, and He made much out of it. And I'm just going to throw this in here because it just kind of works with uh, with where we're at right now, but. Um, I know there's times in our lives, especially as young people, when you got just a little part-time job and um, you get that paycheck, and then uh, your youth pastor uh, or your your mom starts uh, mentioning to you about tithing and and the importance of that and the the great uh, the great duty and principle of, of stewardship uh, and being part of what God's doing within the church, and you think, "Well, man, you know." I, I only got paid $29 this week, so my look and on my ties like $2.90. And I, how's that going to work? But yet you put it in there and you're faithful. You've got to take that $2.90 and do more with it than you, you, know, you could ever imagine. Right. Think about that time that God's taken that little that you had. Maybe you just had a little bit of peanut butter and jelly uh, and some bread left in your pantry. Um, and that's all you had to eat. But then you fixed that peanut butter and jelly sandwich and you ate it and you realized that's all you need to get you through that day, to get you through that moment. Now that you've thought about that time in your life when God has taken what little you you had or you thought that you had, and he's done something great, now I want you to praise God and thank him for his goodness and faithfulness in that difficult and hard times. That's, I'm sure, what this widow did. You see, God always takes what we have and he makes much out of it. That's the beauty of the church how God takes what, what little we have. He puts it together and he does something great with it. So if you're not tithing, then I ask you to do this. You trusted God with everything else. How about start, start trusting him with your money? And watch God do something great. And when it don't make sense on paper, it, all the bills still get paid. There's a guy here I'm, in our church, and he's, he's always said, never seen a bill that's never been paid. Never seen a bill that's never been paid. Even when it didn't make sense, you all know, we gave, and the bills were paid. Something would come in the mail, or find, find some extra money, uh, in a drawer or in a sock or in a can dug in the the dirt. But God always takes the little we have and makes much out of it. The fourth thing, the last thing is this. That God provided for the widow's need and then some. Verse 7 Says this, I'll, re- I'll read it. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go and sell the oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live off what is rest, uh, what is left over. When, when she tells Elisha about it, he says, all right, now go and take the blessing that God has given you and sell it. Get the money that you need. Go and pay off the debt that your family owes <clears throat> and then live off what's left. You see, so many times God meets our needs, but then he goes above and beyond. Then take the money she has left and use it to take care of her and her sons. This woman who um, who's come to Elijah in a panic and just thinking, how in the world am I going to survive? How am I going to, going to thrive? I'm, I've lost my, son, my husband. I'm getting ready to lose my sons. All of a sudden, that all I've got is a little oil. All of a sudden, her sons are still with her. She's got oil and all to go and sell, and it's enough to pay off the debt and then some. God took her panic, her anxiety, and he turned it into joy. You can imagine the joy that was on her face the joy the excitement that that because she knew that things were going to be all right that God had provided for her You see God is good all the time and all the time God is good so I ask you this question today are you going through a hard time today It may not be financial but it may be something else are you going through a hard time today Are you finding yourself in a difficult situation and you don't feel like you've got much to work with? I would challenge you and encourage you to do this today. Just take the little you have, give it to God and watch him work in your situation and provide for what you need. Because you have a God that is willing and able to meet your needs and then some. For his glory, your joy, and others' good. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Lord, thank you that you always meet the needs of your people. And Father, I thank you that you use people, others around them, to help meet those needs. You involve so many other people. And Father, is it, I thank you that you ordain the church to be that way. Father, we see that in, in the Acts church. People who had much sold and gave to those who had a need. Father, I pray that we would be a church, a community, known for that type of faith and that type of love. Lord, we all face difficult times. I know. Today in this room, there are people that are facing hard times that nobody knows about but you and them. They're in. They find themselves in a difficult position, wondering, "How am I going to survive? How am I going to get through this situation?" Father, meet their needs today. In Jesus' name, amen. We've come to the response time. How do you need to respond today? Do you need to respond to something that was said? Do you need to respond uh, and ask God, God, you know, help me to trust you by taking the little that I think that I have and meet my needs by making it much. Maybe today, as the song said, your need that needs to be met is that you need to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The great news is God provided the way for that too, through His Son, Jesus Christ. He died on a cross for your sins, and He rose three days later. And you're invited by God to have a personal relationship with Him through Jesus Christ, if you only receive it. But stand. You respond as the Spirit leads.